This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. This week's Shabbat message is by myself. It is on the subject of baptism, as we had a uh, baptism yesterday on Shabbat. And I hope you enjoy it. Uh, You can hear all of our Shabbat messages wherever you find your podcasts. And you can also find them on our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. And uh, you can also subscribe to my dad's weekly essays that he writes. They're really good. I recommend you do that. And as always, our theme music is by my buddy Evan Shaw. You can find his music at uh, evanshawmusic.com. Enjoy. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about baptism today. Um, hopefully this won't be too long. If any of you have ever, none of you have, if you ever used to listen to my dad preach, he'd be like, so I'm only going to say a few things today. And then you knew you were in for it. <laughs> for like an hour or so. That's right. That's right. Good, that's good. Um, so I don't... I don't know about your guys' backgrounds and, you know, what, what everybody's background here is. For me, I grew up in, in a Baptist Christian church, my dad's church, and um, I put my faith in Yeshua when I was like 13 years old and was uh, immersed shir- shortly thereafter. If I use the word immerse, it means baptism, the same thing. We're going to talk a little bit about what those words mean, where they come from, kind of the background and uh, why, why we do it. First and foremost is uh, we, we, we immerse after putting our faith in God, in Yeshua, because that's what, if I say Yeshua, that's Jesus. So just in case. And uh, when you put your faith in him, he is your example. And so we follow after him when we walk in his ways. Um, but what, what, at least for me, a lot of these things like baptism, it's kind of like, well, that's cool. But what's it have to do with anything? What, how is it attached to anything? It seems like some like pixie stardust thing in the sky where, I don't know, and this didn't make a whole lot of sense. So hopefully today we can ground it in some basic biblical truths that have been true since the beginning of time and that God built into everything we see around us so that we can be reminded of his plan of redemption for his people through all time because Ever since we got kicked out of the garden because of sin, it's been God's goal to bring us back into the garden. And he will restore all things, including us. And we, uh, we follow much the pattern of what he has done and is going to do with creation. So, um, so I think one of the best ways to think about uh, uh, baptism is what... Well, first, let's talk about the words a little bit. So they come from a couple different Hebrew and Greek words. I'm not going to get into the etymology of all of them. But there's what we typically say, I'm going to, I'm going to be baptized in a baptismal. So there, there are two different things. There's one is to be immersed. And that comes from a Hebrew word to all. 
and then you get immersed into a, a mikvah. A mikvah is like a gathering together of water. This wasn't something new that came about when John the Baptist showed up on the scene. Uh, it was something very common, and that's why it was very provocative when he was doing it in the wilderness. One, John the Baptist was a priest, but two, he was immersing people in the Jordan River away from the temple system of the day. And so he was very much bucking the authority of the temple system that was happening. And the reason, that's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees came out to see him saying, what are you doing here? Because they had built their religious structure of how you live, how you get into the kingdom of God based on their interpretations of things. And John the Baptist was fundamentally saying, no, you're actually wrong on all of that. And in fact, uh, you, you need to be saved and be immersed for the remission of sins. So, uh, so the, to be baptized is to be immersed into a body of water. So what that pictures initially, I had no idea, you know, growing up when I was a kid. And, but I think it's perfectly born forth, pun intended, from the story of the Exodus. Because Israel goes down into Egypt, they become slaves, and God says, uh, let my people go. And the Pharaoh says, no. And so God says, finally, if you don't let Israel, my firstborn, my son, go, I'm going to strike down and I'm going to kill your firstborn. And so because, so Israel was, was born as a nation during the Exodus, but that only happened by the by, by a death. And so when the angel of death passed through all of Egypt, uh, you ha either you had the blood on the door or you didn't. And what that blood on the door did was it substituted the penalty of death. Uh, it, it put it onto something else, that lamb. Hopefully you can see where I'm going here with Yeshua. Yeshua is our lamb, the lamb of God. So he, that lamb is slain. And then they take hyssop. They immerse it into the blood. They put it on the doorpost. And now Israel, those who have chosen to follow God and accept the sacrifice, then enter into their homes, God's home, and become his people. And so Israel is born forth through the shedding blood of the lamb and now goes forth to what? Receive instruction. They're immersed through the Red Sea, as the New Testament tells us, and they receive God's instruction ultimately to go into the promised land where God is going to set up his kingdom, right? Well, we know what happens. It doesn't work out. Uh, eventually, though, we are told that God will come again. He will redeem his people. And part of what happens in each and every one of our lives when we choose to follow God and become one of his children is we are born again. But God always starts with things... Uh, he has to start with the unseen first. When, when we're created as people, nobody sees what goes on between mom and dad. And, and even mom and dad can't. It's inside. But that's, that is the beginning of, of life. So when God uh, creates a, a new uh, person or a person is adopted in him, his spirit, his seed is planted inside the heart of that person. And it has to be received by the ground of the heart of the person. Then you go forth and you produce fruit. And so, but what happens is, 
there is a, uh, as we're told, there's a death of the old man that has to take place. Because when we're born, the only seed that we have in us is the seed of Adam. Well, we all know that what happened with Adam, he sinned and death entered into the world. And so there was a separation. So that separation is propagated throughout all mankind, throughout history. And we can't just walk back into the garden, right? Because there's the flame of cherub and you're going to get get cut up, right? Well, the only person that can get back into the garden is God himself, is Yeshua. So you have to be in him, part of his family, to be in his kingdom. And so when, like as little Judah has done, as I have done, and many of you have done, when you choose to become a child of God, that's something supernatural that God does in your heart, in and of yourself, and, and, and you choose to believe. And then we produce the fruits of righteousness. Because it's the same thing that happened back in Genesis when God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was dark and void and all that. So what first happened? God hovered over the waters, right? I believe that was a picture of his spirit preparing and cleansing the waters. And then light comes forth. And so, again, kind of think about our own lives and our own, and our own spiritual walk. God does a spiritual thing. Light is brought forth. And then the waters part and the earth comes up out of the water. And so the, the earth is, in a sense, it's actually, the word is used there, mikvah. So it's our same word for baptism. So the earth itself was baptized in the very beginning. And so what happens in the natural has to happen, the spiritual has to happen with individuals. And the reason I believe why Yeshua was, was immersed by John the Baptist is because he had to fulfill all righteousness. And so he has to be the perfect example. Thus, he has to also be immersed to set the precedent and set the, the, the picture and the pathway for us to follow in him. So salvation does not save you, make you a child of God. It is a picture of what has happened. When a baby is born, you know, through water and all that goes on, uh, the baby was already alive, right? The baby was already there. The seed had already been planted. Judah has made a profession of faith. And so then as an expression of what has happened internally, you are buried in death and you rise again unto the newness of life. And when that happens... You, you conduct yourself according to the guidelines of that family and how that family operates and you walk according to it, which is God's word, which he tells us will, uh, which will ultimately re- lead to the, the rebuilding of his kingdom. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And there's going to, eventually we will have a new, uh, new bodies ourselves because we will be recreated. Um, so... I tend to never look at my notes as if any of you have actually been here before. But So the idea, again, baptism is, there's, there's the mikvah, which is the baptismal, which is where the waters are gathered together. And it's interesting, it's, it's a gathering together for a specific purpose. And then the actual immersing, which is uh, tavol, the word is actually used in relation to like dyeing a garment. If you've ever um, tie-dyed a shirt, what happens? You take that piece of cloth, it goes into the dye, right? And it comes out dyed something else for a specific purpose, right? And it can't be changed. And so just like when you're, when you're born a child of, of God or you're born into a family, that's not something, one, you even really did. 
Two, it's not something that you can, that you can change. What happens from there is, a ma is where the battleground lies, whether or not we choose to respond to the instructions of our father or not. And we can choose to say, peace out, dad. I'm going to go take my car and, and do whatever I want on Friday night. Or we can choose to be obedient son or daughter. And then blessings flow, right? Because the father knows all things and he's trying to raise us and train us and build his people so that we can be restored in the last days. Because right now in today's day and age, there's a whole lot of different teaching, a whole lot of different things going on. But we as children of God need to be united around his word so that we can send a consistent message and uh, we can paint a corporate picture of who our Messiah was and what he has done for us. So all of us are born into sin. We're born separated from God. We all need to be, uh, we need to be saved. But what does that mean? It means you have to be born into a different family. That's why Yeshua said to Nicodemus and said, you know, how can a man be born again? Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time? And, and, and Yeshua told me, he said, you, you don't understand the scriptures. You're missing the whole point. It's not that you have to like anything physical. It's something spiritual with God because God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom and it will be on earth as it is in heaven someday. That's why the tabernacle was a picture of what is in heaven. It teaches us physical examples of what goes on in heaven so that we can even understand God because we can't. That's why the physical things in nature and the environment are so important. And I think that's why with the idea of baptism, why it's so important to understand the basis in the Old Testament in the Tanakh with God immersing the whole creation first to prepare it to be used by him. And as well as in the Exodus story where the, Israel, my son, is taken out of Egypt and they are born through the washing of the blood and they enter into that new home and then they set out on their new path. So when any of us accept Yeshua into our lives, we accept the seed of his word into us so that we can now produce fruits of righteousness and we can be his people and be his kingdom, then as a demonstration to God, we immerse ourselves in water. And if you read any, there's, if you read uh, com, uh, Christian commentators about it or Jewish commentators about it, they'll say it's a religious rite. Uh, it's a ceremonial sacrament. As far as I'm concerned, there's nothing ceremonial ritualistic, you know, I don't serve a God who throws virgins into volcanoes and beats drums and sprinkles fairy dust. Like, I believe everything that God has told us in his word has a spiritual, unseen, and physical reasoning behind it all. And so we may not understand it all, kind of like I tell my children to do things, and they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense, Dad. I'm like, that's exactly, that's why I'm your dad. So that, because you don't understand everything. And it goes the same thing for us. We don't understand everything, but we're commanded to do certain things. And sometimes with time, as we grow older, as we learn more, as we study more, God reveals more things to us when we're ready. Um, there's a beautiful story in um, Corey Ten Boom's book where I forget the exact circumstances of what, um, she's riding with their dad on a train car. And... I don't know if she sees something and she asks her dad a question. It's like, dad, what, what is this? 
And so he doesn't say anything at first, and then he gets up, the car, the train car stops, picks up the bag from up top, puts it down, and says, Corey, can you carry that for me? And she goes, and she can't, and she can't pick it up. It's too heavy. And, and basically he says, when you're old enough, I will explain what you asked to you. But right now, some things are too heavy for you to understand. So we may not understand everything in the scriptures, but that doesn't negate our need to obey them. Um, you know, we as the children of God who have chosen to follow him need to be such that we will walk in his ways, that we will observe his word and we will do it. Uh, so I would encourage all of you to study the word of God. It's the only thing we have that tells us anything about him. And I know myself, it's easy to fall into the trap of reading a whole lot of things about the Bible. But if we don't first and foremost spend our own time and, and it personally with God in his word, we're really going to be at a deficit. We're not going to really understand him. We're not going to really know him. And I think that's how, uh, you know, I would much rather spend time with my dad and talk with my dad than if somebody wrote a book about my dad, you know, it just wouldn't make sense. You know what I mean? So go to the source, study it out. Likewise with baptism, do all, do your own homework and look into this and study these things. There's a whole lot of controversy about baptism. I'm not going to get into any of that today because that's not the point of this. But first and foremost, what I want us to understand is baptism is an expression of what has happened between you and God that you have accepted the seed of his word, his spirit into your life and has trusted him as your new father and that only he can save you out of the path of sin that you were on that was headed to destruction. And now as an expression of just like you're born with water, you're, you are showing forth the community how you died to your old man and you are born again in uh, Yeshua. And so, and I used to even think like what in the world born again like how do i don't understand that and it was really until i started actually reading the bible imagine that the old testament and understanding you know in the physical the lessons that we were taught um so anyway so i'll pause it there what we're gonna do mike's gonna get up he's gonna talk a little bit about where is jude anyway i can't aha uh he's gonna talk a little bit about judah judah maybe you can come up and um, about, about his salvation. And then we're going to go over to the pool and we're going to immerse. Hey, mighty warriors arise.